0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Self-Publishing Tips and Tricks Show, a series designed to give you insight into the world of self-publishing and marketing your books. I'm Morgan Lee, and I'm here with my co-hosts. I'm Shannon, writing under the pen name SD Houston.
1: And I'm Ben Pick.
0: And today we are doing something different to wrap up the last episode of our first season. But before we do that, anything new and exciting going on for you two as of right
2: now? So yes, so at the moment I am putting together my box set for my Clash of Goddesses series, which is really exciting So I think that it's going to happen, but it's taking a lot of work to put together because I'm doing it all myself. And so the the e-file that's like, oh my goodness, and I realized I put a different formatting on my chapter headings for my first book and a different one compared to my other two, which had the same one. So I have to go through and fix all my chapter headings and the formatting and like, oh, now I need to go back and update the first book. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's different, but I'm not sure if readers really notice that in the e-file, you know, when they read eBooks, if they notice there's a difference in the way the the chapter headings are set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing that. And Martin Lejeune had turned me on to Cover Vault, which gives you a template to download and put into your software program, whatever it is, mostly for Photoshop. But I, I use GIMP, which is the cheap version <laughs> or free version of Photoshop. So I thought I would do that. But then I was in a, a meeting with MK Williams yesterday and she said, oh, book brush, you could do it right there on the screen. You can do it through a free account. And oh, here's a video on how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, And so you just drop and click. So I don't have to sit there and try and format it and and then sometimes getting files that are meant for Photoshop into GIMP can be a problem. You have to work around a lot of issues to get it in there right. Mm. So I am working on that. And so by the time this goes live, December fifteenth, then my my box set should be out already. Yay!
1: wow that's that's impressive yeah as for me i am also working on a very very tight schedule i am doing everything i can to get my second book out by december 3rd if i miss that deadline i'll push it back to january late january maybe early february but i'm trying to get everything to line up so i can get my second book out there on before the uh christmas rush before the holiday rush nice so by the time this video comes out, I will have either succeeded or failed miserably.
0: <laughs> well, I hope for success.
2: <laughs> positive thoughts, positive thoughts.
0: <laughs> and then for me, uh, again, also if everything goes according to plan, my book will come out tomorrow, the 16th. December 16th is the release date for Seed Among the Rocks. Currently, I have a like a blog tour kind of set up. Um, I went to the company, I think it's, sapphire inc press on instagram so they're hosting like a book release tour for me so that'll be happening the week leading up to the 16th so i'm excited yeah. about that
2: so okay. the day after this goes live we can go get your book yes yay yes <laughs> But when we started this journey, we wanted to know more about what other authors who are already self-publishing, what did they do for their self-publishing and marketing journey so that we could learn from them and maybe use some of their lessons for our own books. And we did have a lot of great guests on the show, and we've learned so much from them.
1: Mm-hmm. Accounting for the author duo making up Bradley Lejeune, we've had a total of 23 guests on our show.
0: So now we want to share with you what insights stuck with us and which authors spoke on topics that we individually found important and then after that we will talk about the changes coming up for our show in the second season
2: so let's start with our first author our first guest who is our guinea pig for the show Margaret Pennard. And when we asked if she had any publishing missteps, this is what she had to say.
0: Yes, so I have like a lingering regret and I would say what not to do the what what I did that you shouldn't do is let the momentum stop with any marketing process.
1: I like her advice on making notes about each publishing step, especially formatting, because it might be years, especially if we're bouncing back and forth between various series where we go from one book to the next and we have to go back and try and retrace our steps to figure out what formatting we've, we've used for the next book. So it could be a mess to try to recreate all that if we aren't taking very detailed notes.
0: And then our next guest was Richard Holliday, and he had a lot of good advice on what he does for marketing his novel.
3: Social media, like my Facebook page, my Twitter page, or I like use that, and my Instagram page, they are like hotels that you are renting the space on. It's not 100% your space. You're kind of at their women mercy. So the newsletter, because it's wholly mine, I can design it. I can lay it out how I like, and it can go straight to customers. You don't have to kind of hope that the algorithm picks you up.
0: Richard was paramount in me creating my newsletter. Just the marketing of his newsletter <laughs> really inspired me to actually get one started. So I wouldn't have made one without without Richard.
1: Same, same here. Absolutely. As of this past July, I followed in his advice and started my own monthly newsletter. So thanks a lot, Richard. And you were, you were just one. We'll get to a few other people who kept telling us over and over again that the newsletter is the way to go. So Richard definitely lit the fire and stay tuned for who else have, uh. on that.
2: I think that's pretty great that having him on motivated both you guys to take that step that, you know, to get your newsletters going. Mm -hmm. Our conversation with Caitlin Young was short and sweet, but I loved what she had to say about her greatest publishing success
4: my number one has been getting a review from a complete stranger on my book. That was really great to read, a really positive review from somebody I had no idea who they were.
1: That is an awesome feeling. I also appreciate what you said about not being afraid to pull down a published novel to edit it and upload it again. I actually did that on my own where I wanted to change the QR code at the end of my book. So I pulled it down and then pushed it back out after it had already been published. It wasn't quite the same as taking it down completely. It was just an updated version to it, but now I know how easy that process is. so I could essentially do that in the future. Yeah. Next we had Nisa Letter who gave us a lot of great marketing advice but mentioned starting with these important components first.
5: I definitely try and focus first on my covers and my blurbs. I, I try to focus on them, but they, I don't know, I think I struggle more with them. Um, I try and start there because I think if you don't have the right cover, the right blurb, it, it's hard to know how well your ads are working because it, that, those are the first components.
0: A.F. Stewart was our next author and she talked about the importance of book covers.
6: I do recommend to people if you can afford to go get a professional artist to do your book cover to go and get it done. But if you can't, there are places like my site and there's other sites, pre-made sites out there.
2: We also asked her what things authors should consider when creating their book covers or having their book covers done. And that's when we learned the shocking idea that green was probably not a good book color.
6: Another consideration most people don't think about is color. Because there's certain colors that fit certain genres. Like for horror, red and black are good. Green's not bad. Although there is some debate about whether green's a good color for book covers. But
2: So that green, which is a debate, is that for the genre you were talking about? At- um, well, no. Some people say green don't doesn't sell. Like covers <laughs> no that are green I don't mean. sell. I have a green um,
0: cover too, so I'm like, why? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, it's like, but I see a lot of green covers in horror. So, and they're selling, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: M.M. Ward is one of our authors who has overcome so much adversity to get to the writing career she has today. Here's what she said about her greatest publishing successes.
7: Just being able to overcome my stroke enough to put out a shelf full of books, that is my victory.
0: One of the things that I loved from Mama Maggie's M.M. (laughs) Ward's interview was her addressing the imp or imposter syndrome. Because I feel like a lot of us can get bogged down by that voice of self doubt. So that reminder was very helpful.
7: The other key is don't listen to the imp. Don't listen to the imposter syndrome that's telling you nobody wants to hear your story. Everybody is looking for that one story out there that will be the one that sticks with them forever. And someone out there, 8 billion other people on this planet, your book will be that story for them.
2: Next, we had Sako Tumi, also known as Cascoit. And she had troubles of a different kind. Every writer's worst nightmare.
8: I actually lost everything in a hard drive crash last year, which super hurts. I had three of the six books written. And so uh, I basically have to rewrite everything, which my nanos are pretty much dedicated to for the next like year and a half.
1: I am so, so sorry. I, I, I had heard you say that before, but I didn't realize it was three full books. I mean, that is... One of the most devastating things for, for a writer. And I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like.
8: Yeah, it was pretty terrible.
1: I can't imagine losing years of my writing. I learned from her episode to back up everything. And I have it on the cloud. I have it on thumb drives. I have it. I have multiple versions of my works in progress spread out across a large diversity of different services. So if one of them there. ever gets corrupted, there's a backup. You so, yes, this was very important to me. Next, we interviewed nonfiction author Heidi Thorne. She shared data from her research with self published authors. Self
9: publishing is very competitive. We've talked about that a little bit before. And
1: I've done a
9: couple rounds of research on self published authors, and in both, years. Two years apart, about 73% make less than $1,000 a year from their book income. You know, if you're spending $1,500 on your book cover, well, you know, you're already at a loss. And then the other thing is to realize that your book sales are going to peak like right at the beginning and then it will level off over time. So always keep the money and the the numbers in the top of your mind as you self-publish.
0: Our eighth author was D.L. Tillery, who regularly uses social media to bring visibility to her published works. Um, What did you take away from our interview, Ben?
1: I really like what she had to say about the best money she spent on marketing for social media.
10: I'm a bit of a, a bit of a budgeter when it comes down to this stuff because I like to make sure my money is spent well and accordingly. So I would say that the Facebook ad turned out quite well because I've used it in the past for other um, business avenues that I have and it did bring me some people or some people didn't hear about it. Um, also, Facebook has that thing where you can boost a post. So I use boost posts as well. So the boost post kind of helped you fight against the algorithm of yourself getting pushed down because they you paid so they give you more call blanche to be there so that actually was decent money spending it wasn't a lot of money anyway that i would say worked out better than the money i spent on the instagram businesses that do the ad thing i don't think i got anything from that really but they're kind of pushing that oh we have so many people blah blah blah, and they have people like it but it didn't really bring me anything and i also actually paid for tiktok ad run so i got a lot of click and a lot of views which is helpful because these people see and know it exists but i think I think I only got one person that directly came from there and purchased Room Within. So I still say the Facebook ad and Facebook boost post was the best money spent because it actually gave me more sales.
2: Next, we have Zarina Macha, who also writes under the pen name of Diana Vale. She touched on a subject that is important to our writing community
11: mental illness as well is so important to me because of personal struggles as well so that is something which i really do incorporate in all my books i mean my books under my name they all deal with mental health mental illness struggles and i think it's a very common thing as well among my generation like people are getting more and more aware about mental illness and mental health struggles and self-care and but no i really wanted to capture that in my books and i do have like even though my diana Vale books are romance books and they are obviously very like feel-good light-hearted books some of them do delve into like these kind of topics really thing and it also for me it kind of humanizes the characters as well. Like it's not even that like, makes them easier to relate to. I think it just brings out that side of humanity, which isn't all of us. I mean I know Ben, like you've made videos on taking care of mental health, which I think is so important and so necessary, especially for writers, because we literally are in our head all the time and can just get
1: so sucked into ourselves. Her genuine comments about depression, both on camera and with her novels were more than anything Brave. She shined a light on this widespread writer issue that I feel is imperative for all of us to recognize and or address ourselves.
0: Colleen M. Story is a wellness writer. So she talked a lot about taking care of your health. Um, when asked how she balances everything in her writing and publishing life, her answer was the reminder that we all needed. As far as
9: keeping a balance, since I am a wellness writer, I, I really focus on trying to keep my health and wellness a priority. And that means things like, you know, eating a good diet and trying to fit exercise in every day. I think that's the biggest challenge for riders because we're glued to the computer so much of the time. It can be really tough to take that hour to go take a walk or a bike ride or, or do some exercise on your treadmill or whatever. But as a health writer for over 20 years, exercise, I can tell you from all, what all the studies have shown is the biggest thing you can do for your wellness if you want to live into a vital old age you absolutely must exercise every day
1: she also all but convinced me during the recording of that episode that i needed to start a newsletter <laughs> so this was just that reinforcing that i needed to put myself out there and start mailing and emailing people more information about me and my works Then she started throwing out ideas for all of us to work on marketing. So while we were interviewing her, she was giving us specific ideas on how to improve our own marketing.
2: I know, right? And this was one of my favorite episodes because of that. (laughs) Also, Colleen is both traditionally published and uh, self-published. And I was surprised to learn that a misconception of traditionally published authors is that their marketing tasks are fewer. And that's just not the case today.
0: Next, we had Peter Okonkwo, a poet who uses his platform on YouTube to bring awareness to indie authors.
1: Peter does a wonderful job of interviewing so many other indie authors and bringing them all into the larger community. It is really wonderful, and I appreciate his advice on being prepared for constructive criticism because, sure, once you get outside our friends and family, be prepared for harsh criticism in our works
11: if you are an author who would love to long career as being an author then you should be 100 ready and prepared for criticism either in a constructive way or in the destructive way i don't think reviews so personal they are subjective they are the opinion of a reader What a might like another person might dislike it
2: definitely we got to be prepared for that harsh criticism and this was such a great tip that he gave us Another great episode which had an impact on me was the one with A L Kanor. I especially appreciated her launch strategy as a brand new author.
4: My decision to write a nonlinear series was very intentional. There are six books in my initial series and five of them could be a book one. So I did that very intentionally because I knew that I was going to have to have something to market throughout that first year as I was continuing to publish new work. I didn't want to have a linear series where all I could do was funnel ads to book one because what if book one wasn't selling well, wasn't that interesting, or was really difficult to market? Then I was just kind of stuck. I had to finish the series before I could start something new. Over the course of a year, I developed the launch strategy, I developed the universe that I was writing in. I made that decision to write a nonlinear series and I wrote two and a half books in 2016, which I then published the first one in 2017, early 2017, and that was it. It was like
0: head first dive and I was sold. Another thing that I really liked was hearing about the benefits of writing a non- a nonlinear series.
2: Yes, and when she started talking about that in the interview, I was surprised that that was even a concept or a thing that we could do. And I have started trying to do it, but let me tell you, if you really want your stories to overlap in each book, you're essentially writing all the books at the same time, which is not an easy feat.
1: In our next interview with Jessica Ingold, she reinforced multiple suggestions from previous episodes.
2: Yeah, like Caitlin Young, she also said that her greatest publishing success was getting a review from an unknown reader. And like Peter Onkonkwo, she advised us to stay open to criticism.
1: One thing I took away from her interview was how she jumped at an opportunity to apply to have her books in her local chapter store.
12: I always wanted to see my books on a chapter shelf, and one day I was there at Chapters and I was just browsing, looking for more books to buy, um, and at one point I was with my partner and he and I were walking back to the cache, and I happened to look over and I saw the shelf for local authors, and I said, that's funny, I'm a local author, I don't see my book on that shelf. <laughs> so when we got to the cache, I decided to take a leap of faith and I said, hey, quick question, I'm a local author, how do I get my book on that shelf? And they said, oh, we have someone who handles the acquisition of local titles, uh, their name is Kay and..." He here is their information. So I said, okay, great. Thank you. Uh, And I reached out to Kay directly. And I told them, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I write. There's my website, my social media links and all that sort of stuff. And they said, okay, well, it seems like you have a lot of publications. So let's try to narrow it down to one or two that you really want to. And I took the books two chapters and left them with Kay. And then after that, there was a waiting period because all the books need to be read and vetted. Kay got back to me and said, you know what, we're good to go. Sent through the consignment contract. I read it, filled it out, signed it. And then I just brought over a bunch of books. Very exciting day for sure because i i didn't think i'd get my books on on the shelf this way i thought of course i'd be doing a more traditional path but uh it really gave me hope because a lot of people often say if you're self-published you're not going to get into a traditional and water bookstore but i i don't think that's true i'm proof that that's not true
0: in jd estrada's interview i learned that writing in multiple genres is not wrong and he said don't limit yourself have fun if you're up for the challenge which i really appreciated
1: I also like that he was so promotional for getting ourselves out there in person at various conferences, local or otherwise. Go to a lot of a lot of events, watch people, and you you will see people who are in the red and who are freaking out that they're not getting sales because it's, it's clear. And and I had that moment of trepidation until I said, "Dude, just just take the loss uh, and enjoy yourself and meet people." When I when I did that, I, I just shift gears to what I was doing at the event, from trying to push my books and whatnot to connecting to people and connecting to fellow authors from the the area. Stuff that you can do and how do you sell yourself again be your authentic self doing these these chats as you can see i have no difficulty starting the talk it's shutting up and and being being more more brief that that might be a bit of a challenge
2: as an introvert i can't really see myself trying to sell myself at conferences but i am trying to push past that and do it and you know what jd says about just being your authentic self i feel is a really good advice to get ourselves out there rita and reality also talked about attending events to sell books and to market herself
1: That's right, and she even talked about how to connect to people using promotional material by always carrying around some type of card or postcard to hand out to someone, or even just a bookmark with your name and Instagram handle or phone number or email address or whatever you want to do to stay in contact with them.
13: It's a little thing, but it's really good for keeping your name and your images in front of people. It's something they can hang on to and they just make a nice impression. They show professionalism.
0: In our season's 18th episode, we interviewed the writing duo behind the pen name Bradley Lejeune, Malcolm Bradley and Martin Lejeune.
2: That interview was fun, especially seeing their dynamics on screen and how they work together in creating their first book and getting it published. When Malcolm talked of his misconceptions of self-publishing, I totally understood where he was coming from.
3: The tech side of it and the the need to kind of interact with certain different platforms and you don't just throw this book at Kindle and it sticks sort of thing. I I didn't kind of have that complete and utter idea that it was super simple, but I think I think um, I didn't quite understand how much was involved.
2: So when people ask me what was the easiest part of self-publishing, I always say the writing because there's just so much to learn about publishing.
1: Christy Stratos also mentioned that her misconception was how self-publishing was going to be easy for her. But one thing I liked from her interview was her approach to tackling the tough parts of self-publishing.
13: I started to realize it's up to me to get better at this stuff and stop just saying, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. It can be very tiny steps. What I'm saying is if you find yourself, if you catch yourself saying, I'm just not good at this and cannot do it. I mean, If it's something you want to can pay other people for and you're willing to, fine, that's great. But if it's not and it's holding you back from the success you could be having, this is one to have like a serious sit down with yourself and say, what is it I'm not good at in marketing? Why am I not good at it? and what is really missing from the information I have? How can I improve that?
0: We learned a lot about graphic novels from Van Blake's interview. And he also attends a ton
2: of conferences like JD Estrada.
8: So as far as marketing, I use the events because when we got here to Baltimore and I saw the table was $250 for three days, and I went to the table for three days and made almost 700 bucks. I was like, hey, this is a much better way to get the word out there and sell books. I was also able to collect emails while at these conventions, so I get an email list going.
1: K.R.A. is another author who said that events help her sell the most books, which now, after my debut novel is launched, sounds like a better than running multiple book promotions online where I don't necessarily know how to attribute the sales to the promotions that I was running. Specifically, I don't see my sales numbers until 60 days later. And then working backwards, I can't specifically determine whether or not a promotion that I was running at that time led to sales or didn't.
2: But you publish your book through Ingram Spark, which is a 60-day window, versus like some other platforms like Amazon, it's usually like 30 days.
1: True, true. But even then, with 30 days, I wouldn't know during that window if it's because of approaching and I was running or maybe something happened before then and somebody just now decided to buy the book. Like It would be very difficult for me to define exactly what promotion led to which sales.
2: Mm-hmm. And I should clarify that. Amazon gives a better picture after 30 days. It does give you day by day, but even after 30 mm-hmm. days, I see that my numbers have changed. Yeah. yeah. Fair
1: enough. Well, then I should start looking into the Amazon uh, aspect of that <laughs> instead of going through Ingram Sparks. <laughs> Anyways, I also really liked that she said to do what makes sense for you when it comes to how much time you should dedicate to your writing.
0: Yeah, her interview was one that really inspired me. Her color series deals with a lot of trauma and tragedy. And she talked about how she likes to use her books to bring a voice to tough and not talked about issues. And that is something that I've always wanted to do with my own writing. So to have like a person come on here and say that that's what they're doing with their work made me feel seen. So I was, I really enjoyed talking to her about how that series was crafted and how it deals with trauma and tragedy and just darker issues. So that really inspired me.
2: Yeah, And I remember too, that she writes contemporary fiction, but, and I'd like to read fantasy, but I would take the time to read her books because of some of those issues that she talked about.
14: Yeah. As authors, we wanted to spend all our time writing. It's just knowing in your head how much time do you want to spend doing the things that you love and making sure that every moment um, counts or matters or that you're living your best life and you're getting to happy, right? Definitely do what makes sense for you. I always tell people, I love the advice of being able to write at least 15 minutes a day, but that's not always practical for people. You know, we have busy lives. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't get mad. Just get back to it when you can. So now.
2: Next we had Chris Kenny, the author of non-fiction fitness books, science fiction and romance. When asked about his publishing missteps, here's what he had to say.
3: Spending a lot of money on Amazon ads without really knowing what I was doing. When I say a lot of money, I'm not talking like hideous amounts but at the time. You know, you need a few hundred here and there. It's like, whoa, what? <laughs> and you're getting like maybe half of that back if you're lucky. I kind of just went into Amazon ads without really researching it. And it was just a case of, oh, well, I've got a book. Click on this button, promote it. Yeah, fine. Charge 50p a click. Okay, if you want, do it. And expecting sales. (laughs)
0: I really like that he was open to writing so many genres. He moved from writing nonfiction, fitness books, to sci-fi, to romance, even though his first passion was to be a fitness influencer. So sometimes you got to be open to changing directions and it might come out better than you thought.
1: Our last interview of the season was with 14-year-old, now 15-year-old, Shanti Hershenson. Before coming on our podcast, she had already been on over 50 podcasts, and we asked her how the strategy has helped her sell her books.
15: First off, I get to talk to like so many amazing people. And also, I get like all these... like Everyone I talk to has some kind of audience. And then I get put in front of that audience, and I get to share my story with them. And even if it's like I get one sale per podcast I do, it still helps tremendously. And sometimes it's like I'll have people reach out to me like, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. Do you have any tips for me? and i really just get to connect with more people and it's, it's sort of like um, a networking thing almost but it's also it's very good for book sales
2: i'm still blown away by how much shanti has accomplished so early in her life so <laughs> it's inspiring at the same time i'm wondering man what what did i do with my life
0: yeah like i should have started earlier <laughs>
2: <laughs> definitely All right. So that was the end of all our authors, but we want to move on to the question of social media. For those who know me, you know that I don't really like social media, but I kept hearing mixed messages about whether or not it was valuable when I was researching self-publishing. So one question I was interested in asking our authors was if they found social media valuable, you know, valuable as part of their author business and marketing. We didn't get a chance to ask everyone this question and some didn't have an answer, but we did get quite a few responses. I'm not sure that the question was any clearer for me or the answers for the question was any clearer for me after talking to all these authors, but let's take a look at what they said.
1: Do you feel that social media is valuable as an author?
2: I think
4: that social media is really valuable. I think it's good to have a platform where people, where your readers can find you and where other authors can find you.
5: I do, yeah. I think you can showcase your books pretty well for me, especially with the young adult fantasy. That's been a lot of fun for me to connect with different bookstagrammers for like cover reveals and different things like that.
6: Today, social media is going to sell your books. I mean, people are just so used to it nowadays with people just, and they think they probably tend to ignore it. Social media is valuable as an engagement tool to connect to readers, authors. It's it's a great tool for networking.
8: I like to have my thumbs in as many pies as possible. That way I reach as many people as possible. I
9: think you have to choose what channels are right for you. You have to keep Um, monitoring which ones are working and which ones are not.
10: Yes. um, I think uh, we have to understand that in our social media world, that is not really much choice. Personally, no. And I think people who who aren't authors who are very like business minded tend to
11: see social media as something which you should use a lot but personally because i'm thinking like readers are not really uh, well i kind of mentioned this earlier social media is very saturated with information so unless you have a big following it's hard to gain attraction on social media sure everything starts from social media social media is valuable for authors
4: i do think it's valuable my i think social media is a nice to have. It's not a must-have. I
8: think it depends how you
12: use mm. it. For a lot of people, I know they're disappointed in certain social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram because they say that it doesn't correlate to more sales. And I think it's not really about selling books out there. I think you're kind of preaching to the choir. Right? It's just a bunch of authors selling to each other. <laughs> it's a valuable
14: tool if you use it consistently. Mm. yes and no. Social media can be a complete time suck. For me, as far as selling books, it hasn't been a huge boon. It is the best way for me to get
3: like constant contact with my readers yeah yes i'm gonna say yeah i think like maybe two three years ago instagram was really hot you got a lot of engagement and then instagram just started really going downhill i just found my engagement dropping 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 for authors certainly there's you know there's a real big book talk community as they call themselves um there's readers out there i want to read your book and a lot of them are now on tiktok
2: so what do you guys think
1: honestly i don't know I find a lot of value for my books, at least within YouTube. So if you want to expand social media to, to that realm, then yes, I absolutely support it. My best advice might be to find one or two, one, maybe two social media outlets and just hone in on what's being done in there and try and craft your interests to fit into their molds. I know a lot of people who have found success on BookTok. I don't necessarily think that I would have similar success there. But that is one that is certainly growing and can greatly connect us with uh, the authors to potential readers. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think like with everything you have to approach it, is this going to be beneficial for me? Because social media can be a time suck and it's not good for everyone. Everyone's not going to enjoy social media. So it kind of becomes more of a burden than something that's going to help you. So I think with the answer of whether it's beneficial or not, it's up to the person, the author, to decide, really. And like Ben said, picking one, hopefully one that you enjoy, <laughs> that will, that you can invest time into so it doesn't feel like work and doesn't feel like a waste of time so that it could be more beneficial and connect you with those readers.
2: I can definitely see that. And and I like YouTube under expanding that definition of social media. Mm-hmm. And I always, I've said a few times to people, I was like, of all the social medias, I had to choose why YouTube? <laughs> because it takes the most time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I can, I can agree with, with, with those few points. So all right, well, let's end our season wrap up with a montage of our authors answering what was their best publishing and marketing tip and tricks. Well, if you could only pass on one thing to aspiring self-published writers, what's your best publishing tip or trick?
0: What I learned to do, especially in formatting with Scrivener and like wrestling Scrivener to the ground, like a WWF superstar really, is that you need to document like a
5: programmer.
3: Uh, you need to make your books, uh, inside and out, look like a traditionally published book.
4: To write what you love, a lot of times people try to write for the market, which is good if you're really trying to sell books, but at the end of the day, if it's your passion, you want to write something that you're going to really enjoy reading and something you're going to really enjoy writing.
5: Learning for myself, I've learned that the hardest part for me is writing that first draft. Once I have words on the page, I don't have the focus issues I don't have the procrastination issues of wanting to go look at those words and make them better but that blank page and I do plot I'm I'm a plotter so I already know what's supposed to go there but like actually like writing words on a blank page is still the most intimidating process for me and so I'm learning to just get words on the page and I have to let go of this idea they have to be great that first time because for me that doesn't work that pressure just gives me writer's block
6: do your research but don't necessarily implement all that
7: research because you're going to get a lot of advice. The very last thing that you can do after you've done all of the formatting, all of the forbidden word checking, all of the grammar, the beta passes, all of that is sit down, set your computer to read it to you in a voice as far from your own voice as possible and listen to it as a reader.
8: YouTube University. I would say a lot of workshops that are offering like $250 or $500 for you to sign up for. A lot of those are very subjective. I would save your money and, and go to YouTube and kind of figure out what's bullshit to you and what is sound advice. Always do the math.
9: You really want to look at your profit picture for your book and and set some limits.
10: Definitely scheduling and planning and I know everyone is not a planner and being a planner is an easiest thing for everyone because everyone's different. Everyone can use a schedule especially when you have to do adulting so <laughs> you kind of have to take that prospect of adulting and then integrate it into your writing and becoming a published author. Well, I would say the most important thing is to persevere. Just persevere. Look at it as a long-term thing as well.
11: Don't look at it as a short-term thing because if you just focus it on the short-term, you are just going to get really miserable. But if you see it as like this is a long-term thing, by long-term I'm talking like two, three years. Most businesses take typically two to three years to really get going before they become profitable. It would be not to
9: skimp
14: on editing.
11: My publishing trip, I, or that I love to practice to authors is to just make their research, get their books right, and they should take their time because it is good to take your time very well and publish a good book than rushing into publication and eventually you'll let loose of a terrible,
9: unreadable
4: book. Make sure you have a really good team of people or at least one other person that you really trust that you can hand your books off to because I would say don't edit your own work.
12: Never stop learning. You're going to learn so much <laughs> and it's going to seem overwhelming at first because it is and there's a lot to know and there's a lot to learn and there are a lot of mistakes to make. But as long as you're willing to learn from those mistakes and improve your craft and improve your marketing and improve your personal image as an author, you should be
1: able to. Do your thing. Do, <laughs> do your thing and have fun. Don't
13: rush to publication. Take the time to do things right. Pick your
3: genre and stick to it and learn it and master it yeah i I think for me it would mostly be be don't panic
13: the tiny steps is how you start to become not necessarily an expert but you start to gradually increase your knowledge in whatever it is that you're saying to yourself i can't i can't so like my biggest piece of advice would definitely be whatever you're saying i absolutely can't that's holding you back start taking tiny chunks and start disassembling that belief because we actually all can do all this stuff it just looks really complicated from the outside we can do it we can absolutely do it. so that's probably my biggest piece of advice.
3: get it done. don't give up. do research before spending money on things (laughs) like advertising.
15: as soon as you know that you're gonna publish your book, even whether or not it's traditionally published or like self-published, start marketing your book. start telling people about your book. maybe go on social media and just share little excerpts of your book or share your process and start building your platform very very early on.
0: so if you could only pass on one thing to aspiring self-published writers, what would be your best marketing tip
3: or trick?
15: i would say listen well to people when they're
0: talking about their experience and connect people don't
3: discount the power of a newsletter i
0: would
4: say try everything to see which one works best for you each person is different you never know if you're gonna find one that's easier for you or one that works better for you so i would just suggest to try everything at least once
5: really kind of going back to that bite by bite thing like making your goals reasonable trying to do a small ad and seeing how it does and building from there and just taking it a little by little because otherwise i think it's really easy to get overwhelmed
6: find what works for you and to find what's comfortable for you is the best thing do it gradually don't try and do everything at once if you try and do everything at once it's just gonna turn into a big mess do your marketing
7: actually do your marketing um no the one thing that i would pass on would be like do not compare yourselves to others no two journeys are the same even for
8: introverts you gotta be able to talk you gotta be able to talk about your book the elevator pitch understand uh your expectations for the market
9: that you want to reach
10: get a calendar make yourself a calendar you know write yourself a calendar whatever makes you fancy if you want to dress it up with sparkles and stars do whatever it is to get your attention on that schedule and calendar and that's your first or second step into marketing and getting it under control.
11: 100% get a newsletter. Build a newsletter as soon as you can.
4: Create that online website. That core group of individuals that those true fans who read everything that you love, go to them first before you do anything else. Make sure they are treated really well and they feel special. Do polls with them. Get their opinions on things. Share the covers with them first. Share the the title reveals with them first. They love your voice and they will support you no matter what, you know, as the years go by. So that core group of individuals, whether it's 200 people or a 1,000 people, it doesn't matter. Just baby them, love them, take care of them and go to them first with everything. Figure
12: out what kind of author you want to be before you actually publish anything. And I mean, obviously you can still evolve even after you publish something, but I think if you have a very clear idea in your mind that, you know, you want to write romance or you want to write horror or whatever it is, that you try to be consistent and you try to kind of design everything in service to that image so that you're not like me and you're bouncing all over the place trying to figure out how to market several different genres in one.
13: Establish your brand and stick to it.
3: Know your genre and know what they want.
13: I guess it would be to really experiment and be unafraid to pivot. Sell in advance. Always be marketing.
3: amazon ads but... stuff <laughs> be cautious do your reading don't do what i did <laughs> just click promote and think you're gonna have money falling from the sky
15: try new things out i think if you're sticking to the same stuff every book sure it's, you you may find things that work but also you could find something that works even better so honestly try things
0: out if you all right so that was a lot of great information so now we are going to switch gears and talk about the changes coming to our podcast If you have been a regular listener, you know that all of us have had books come out this year. Essentially, this is the year we all decided to dedicate ourselves to our craft and take the business side of self-publishing more seriously.
1: We're all working on our next books, which means we're dividing our time between writing, home, and work. To be honest, we want to spend more time writing. So what that means is we'll be making the seasons of this podcast shorter and we're going to take more breaks.
2: We will be back for season two on January 15th with our first author interview of the season, and we'll continue through to the end of the quarter with episodes still coming out on the first and the 15th. And then we'll end season two on March 15th, and then take a break before coming back in July with a new season.
0: We have another surprise for you. Besides doing our regular author interviews, we're going to alternate episodes with interviews of professionals in fields related to writing, publishing, and marketing.
1: We're really excited about this change as we can dig deeper into what it means to be a writer or to market ourselves or to be an indie author as we market our own books.
2: But don't worry about missing us on our breaks as we hope to offer some unplanned off-season episodes where we'll delve into the craft of writing and the business side of publishing.
0: So for now, this is us signing off until next season with our first guest on January 15th, Robert G. Culp. So take care, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.